Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's 1008 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is week two of the Will Marotti Show. Good to be with you today. Matt Sorois at the uh, Master Control Panel. Very active weekend. Sad weekend uh, in many regards. Uh, we saw a horrible tragedy in New York City in the Bronx. A high-rise apartment building caught on fire. 19 killed. Nine of, of whom were uh, children and teenagers. Uh, yeah, pretty sad. Bob Saget died, right? The, uh, the comic, the, uh, videographer, the actor, um, 65 years old, had just done a show apparently in, I think in Vegas, they said, and, and uh, he was found dead in his hotel room. No, uh, no cause of death yet established. A lot going on, a lot going on around the world, and, um, thank God, thank God that our military is always at the ready. Always watching out for us always watching and and they and they don't have the luxury of of uh t- calling in sick because of covid you know <laughs> they've got to be on duty and uh and they're watching the whole planet they're just not watching you know us they're watching to see what's going on and so uh, i've got some questions for our next guest uh, heritage foundation visiting fellow unbelievable wonderful career in the military 30 years in the military special forces pentagon uh, nobody knows more about defense and, and our status than, than uh, Steve Bucci. Steve, welcome back to the show. Hey, Pastor. Thank you for having me back. I was wondering who you were talking about. I <laughs> all that good stuff. I, gosh, that guy sounds really impressive. He, he's a big deal, that guy. <laughs> right. Hey, um, there's a story I read the other day. Uh, this goes back to January 5th. And uh, our, our United States Air Force sent over uh, F-16 fighters uh, to do a training exercise with NATO with Polish and Belgian Air Force F-16s. And they thought that the three countries are practicing advanced airborne uh, strategy in, in Poland and working closely with the Combined Air Operations Center in Germany to strengthen command and control procedures. And there was a little, a little sentence in this article 
that said that NATO's air policing efforts may be increasingly more important as tensions between the Ukraine and Russia continue to rise. And of course, we know there's troops moving still, a lot of troop activity. Um, Ukraine's not a NATO member, but what 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 uh, pressure or tension does Russia and Ukraine cause for NATO in this in this deal? Well, uh, you know the the areas we're talking about, Pastor. Uh, Ukraine is basically surrounded by NATO countries. Mm-hmm. There, the NATO countries on you know several sides of it, and and across little strips of land on other sides. Uh, so when we do exercises and NATO can do exercises with folks that are not in NATO, one of the things the Russians don't like is that we become very chummy between NATO and Ukraine because Ukraine would really like to become a member of NATO. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as we do these exercises, uh, one, it gets an opportunity for us to move some of our forces closer to this critical um, tension point, but also let's Russia know that we're not going to back off on being friendly with Ukraine. Ukraine is a sovereign nation, and if it wants to have uh, friendly relations with NATO countries, Russia doesn't have a veto over that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're all kind of hoping that that will continue because that may be ultimately what Putin really wants here. Uh, you know, he, he may realize his chances of conquering or reconquering all of Ukraine is pretty slim. Uh, I don't think the world community will stand for that. But if he can, <coughs> excuse me, if he can <coughs> be, you know, stomp his feet and yell and get us to make some concessions such as, okay, we won't ask, you know, give Ukraine a chance to come into NATO for the next 10 years or something like that, mm-hmm. then he's won. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I've lost a lot of confidence as I've, as I've gotten older in, in the United Nations. I, 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 a lot of times I think the United Nations is, is almost useless as an organization. But the countries, the 30 countries that make up NATO, seem to be countries more aligned with the thought process and philosophy of the United States. Do, do we have, is NATO a more friendly or, or a better fit for the U.S. than the United Nations? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier, both from an ideological standpoint and a, a process standpoint to get things done through NATO than it is to get things done through the UN. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but it's it's still, it's not that easy. You know, the NATO members can all say, you know, any one of them would say, I don't want to participate in this, and it could potentially put the kibosh on an operation, or the operation could continue just without those countries that don't agree with it, you know, participating. Mm-hmm. The UN, you do it through the, you know, the Security Council, and the uh, the Security Council members get to veto, the permanent members get to veto an action if they don't like it. Well, mm-hmm. Russia's one of the, the yeah. you know, v- uh, veto powers mm-hmm. on the Security Council. 
So NATO is a better tool to use, particularly in this case. It's something confined to Europe uh, and and impinges on Europe pretty directly. Uh, NATO would probably be the tool of choice to use. Uh, but it's that's not a guarantee. And frankly, in this case, the, the one of the iffiest partners is us. In in what way, Steve? Uh, just because this administration has not shown a lot of, of appetite for confrontation. You know, I mean, if you look at their their response to the the Chinese Olympics in the midst of the, the Chinese committing essentially a genocide against the Uyghurs mm-hmm. and others in their country. And our response is, well, by gosh, we're not going to send any of our diplomats there to sit in the stands <laughs> no. and cheer for our folks. That's tough. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure the Chinese are really broken up about that. That's a few more fancy sweets they can give to other people. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'll give Biden his due. He's been better with this uh, as far as a seemingly tough stand than he has in some of the other uh, incidents. But it's still not I mean, it's just not coming across as real robust. So I'm not sure it's going to give Putin the pushback that mm-hmm. will be required to get him to back off or to lower his expectations as to what he can connive out of everybody. I mean, when, when push comes to shove, I can't imagine that Vladimir Putin wants a direct confrontation with NATO or certainly not the United States, right? I mean, it, it, I'm looking at it and saying, is it worth his, is it worth his while while he thinks he maybe he thinks he could take take control of Ukraine, is it worth his while to 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 go up against NATO to do it? You know, Pastor, if it was you and me, I'd say yeah. no, of course yeah. not. That yeah. you know, look at the calculus of the you know the benefits versus the liabilities, and I think it would clearly come down of you know this is not worth it. Yeah. You know, why do I want to be such a, a jerk to get you know some extra land? Granted, it it's very fertile useful land for production of food and that sort of thing. You know, Ukraine was always the breadbasket of the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. but you don't know with Putin. He's he's not the kind of, you know, mercurial personality like Kim Jong-un in North mm-hmm. Korea, but he does not operate on the same calculus that you and I might use. Yeah. So he is going to push and push. He's He's playing in large measure to his domestic constituency to show that Russia is a superpower and is strong and is not going to let these, you know, Westerners push him around. But at the same time, you know, what he's asking for, the demand to basically control the political decisions of any neighbor that's near to him is just unacceptable. You know, those countries were vassals to the Soviet Union for 50 years they want to be free countries now. Yeah. A couple of them have decided to, you know, get in bed with Putin. <clears throat> I don't think the rest of them want to do that. And uh, Ukraine definitely does not. You know, I um, what got my what caught my attention in this article, DF-16, is something that I remember was said back when we were we were pulling out of, of Afghanistan, and, uh, and and particularly the angst with the airbase withdrawal. Because the Afghans were saying, really, all they needed from us, they didn't need boots on the ground from us. What they needed from us was air support, air cover. 
So I was kind of, and maybe wrongly translating that to this story and saying, what what does let let's say Putin wants to you know throw uh, uh, throw in on on Ukraine? Um, we're not going to. I don't. I don't. We're not going to send boot. We're not going to send troops there, right? So I mean, would air support be one of the things that that we slash NATO would offer? It it would be far more likely that the response would be in the form of of air cover materiel support, sending them some weapon systems, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the Ukrainians have a large military, not as big as Russia's, but, mm-hmm. but they've got enough folks. Plus, they have in place a system that they're already implementing to a degree of mobilization of both young people and even older people uh, who had military experience uh, coming on board. They use the younger people in more support roles, mm-hmm. but they have a, a you know, mass mobilization capability, so they don't need troops, but they would need help arming them, maybe some people coming in to help train some of them, and definitely air cover and, and stuff, materiel, mm-hmm. weapon mm-hmm. systems, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, so that that is that is a real. So, this article when it says that NATO, the the reason they may be increasing these kinds of missions is all about you know, all about the the, the Russian Ukraine tension. That that's interesting. Um, at, at the yeah, at the very least, we want to send a message to Putin that hey, we're going to back up our words here. You know, do not get too froggy with Ukraine, or we're going to be involved. Uh, I, and again, remember, you know. We threw away a strong card when we closed down the, the Keystone Pipeline and some of these other pipelines. At the same time, we gave the Russians said, "Yeah, go ahead with your uh, pipeline for natural gas," and basically put all of Europe back on the the Russian dole for their their energy in winter time. Uh, it'd be a tough thing for the Europeans right now to put a sharp stick in Putin's eye mm-hmm. when he just have to turn off the natural gas on him and it'll be really cold in Europe <laughs> for the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an iffy situation. I, I saw a story um, a couple weeks ago talking about uh, naval strength and uh, was particularly, I think it was talking about submarines and uh I was surprised to find out that numerically, according to the report, China now has more submarines than we have. But they also felt like our submarines, and it wasn't by a lot, by a few, um, but our submarines are superior to the Chinese submarines. Um, At what point, Steve, do we start, we're talking about Steve Bucci from the Heritage Foundation. At what point do we start getting nervous? Like, I mean, we have way more aircraft carriers, and you know, so so that that's a that's a huge advantage, I would think. But at what point do we really start looking at this and go, man, we're we're getting we're getting out, outbuilt here by China? This is a, you know, we have, you, Russia's a problem, yes, but we're far. I, I think from what I've read, it, it seems we have great capabilities over over Russia, but but China's starting to close the gap. At what point do we really start getting worried about this? Uh, well, some of us are worried already. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a couple of years ago, in the uh, the annual report that Heritage puts out, yes, the uh, the index of U.S. military strength, it's mm-hmm. called. It's a big, thick book. If you print it out in paper, uh, that's available online uh, from the Heritage website. Uh, 
And in it, there was an article that explained, you know, just what you said. China's building more and more submarines, airplanes. They're even building aircraft carriers. All of them are technologically inferior to ours, but they're getting better. And if you figure in the fact that, you know, all of China's submarines are in and around China right now, only a percentage of American submarines are there Uh because we've got submarines in other places. We've got to rotate guys in and out. We put some in for maintenance. Basically, it comes down to uh, as far as airplanes, submarines, and tanks and stuff, they have us about 10 to 1 on any given day. Wow. They have that many more in the water or in that area. Uh, even if you assume that our stuff is 10 times better than theirs, yeah. which it may be, may not mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. but he, just assume it is 10 times better, that means it's a fair fight. You know, if one of ours can take on 10 of theirs, that's what they're facing. There's 10 of them for every one of ours. We don't like fair fights. You know, we, we like to have superiority. Right. But the uh, the building program, you know, we, we took everything way down under President Obama uh, in sequestration. President Trump tried to, to reverse that course and had started that process. But... You know, everybody said it was going to take, you know, 15, 20 years to to fix what had been allowed to become broken in that eight years. Uh, <clears throat> and now it's it's turned off again. Yeah. Uh, President Biden has returned to to President Obama's view that, you know, we don't need such a big military. And uh, and that's a problem because the Chinese have never stopped building during that whole time period. Mm-hmm. I guess, and last, last question, Steve. We're talking with Steve Bucci here. Foundation. I'm not a military person. I'm a pastor, right? So I, I don't understand all this stuff. But it, but just but with common sense, if if I was the Chinese, and I'm sitting back and I'm watching Putin rattle sabers about Ukraine, and I realize that the United States is, you know, figuring that could something could happen. We may have to respond some way. NATO may have to respond in some way. And I've got my my eyes set on Taiwan. And I'm not really as afraid of, of Joe Biden as I was of Donald Trump. I might think that a that a, a an, an incursion by the Russians into Ukraine might be the optimal time to try to take Taiwan. Yes or no? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think that China and Russia's leaders are sitting down at the table and saying, okay, you attack them on the 1st of April <laughs> right, and we'll right. attack them on the 15th sure, sure. over in Taiwan. Right. I don't think they're doing that. But... I do, uh, you know, there's no doubt that the Chinese are watching the Russians, and if they perceive an advantage uh, of timing or or, uh, just accessibility or or that the Americans are tied up because they're doing something against the Russians, yeah, that's a calculus for the Chinese to say, ooh, there's only one American carrier here instead of two or three Mm -hmm. because the others went to the other side of the world, this would be the time to, to take our shot. Uh, that's always a possibility when you're a country like ours and you have a m- multiple fronts you have mm. to cover. Uh, and, and it's a calculation we have to make 
because we have not had the capability to fight, you know, two major wars simultaneously in a while. Yeah. We've gone to like one major war and two holding actions. They keep changing the terminology, mm-hmm. but it's basically we could fight one big one and then hopefully, you know, keep anything bad happening in the other ones until we can get done with the first one and shift some of our forces. Mm-hmm. Well, our enemies know that too. And, uh, and they will potentially take advantage of that. Uh, so it, it's something our leaders have to always be cognizant of and realize it, it's not – these things don't happen in isolation. Right. Uh, right. The other side, even if they're not in outright you know, collusion with one another, will at least be watching each other and see how they can uh, maximize their advantage. See, I love I love picking your brain. I love talking about military stuff, and 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 you have such a wealth of knowledge and experience. And I just I, again, I every day, I every time I go back to this, I say thank God for the men and women in the military that are that are keeping the lid on these things and keeping us safe and keeping the rest of the world safe. Really, I mean, it's the United States that gets the job done. Steve Bucci, thank you so much, sir, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good, Pastor. Take care and be safe. Okay. All right, we'll take a break. Commercial news, come back. Your phone calls, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Stay with us. This is the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Hey, welcome back. It's 1038. Got to ask for your help. I'll tell you why. The two-hour program is um, it's not just an hour less than three or two hours less than four. It's exponentially less. Uh, I'm not sure what the dynamic is, and I'm still trying to figure it out. So I have a question for you. You can you can hit me on social media, email me. I, I'm going to ask your, your advice here. I'm still trying to get the tempo right on this two hours. Should we only have... Uh, as we happen to have two guests, one in the first hour, one in the second hour, should we save both of those for the second hour? Should we have only one guest and leave the time open for you guys? Uh, I kind of need your help on this because uh, I want the show to do well. I want you to be happy with it. You'll listen if you're happy. You'll get your friends to listen if you're happy. And, of course, it's a caller-driven show. So when we have too many guests, it burns up a lot of phone time. But at the same time, uh, I, I think it's interesting. So I, I want to hear from you, 800-966-9842, What's your preference? What's your preference in terms of, of, of a guest versus caller caller guest versus scheduled guests, I guess we should say. And you can e- either hit me on, on, on social media with that or you can email me, Will Marotti at yahoo.com works. Um, lo- love to hear from you. Let's go to uh, the Center Universe, Waterbury. Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Brother Will, Brother Will will call you today from there. So anyways, I think you should, it was great because with our favorite old friend, Jr. he's bringing the perspective that we're all trying to figure out, and he brings a better punctuation to what a lot of us think, because the Johanna Hayes and Logan race is going to be really, really interesting mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. And then the second hour with the national news is something we don't know enough about. 
so I would keep it the way you have because Jr. He's only going to come on if he had, if he could come on every week, once a week, it would be great. But I don't. Well, think I'm, he's I'm trying. Do that. Believe it or not, I'm trying to. We've talked about that. If yeah, the schedule well, will that, allow yeah, it. I want. I want to have him every we're Monday. Into the big political season in Connecticut. Yeah, and, but, I, and that's nobody knows politics in Connecticut better than John Rowan. And myself. So, so and you. And you. <laughs> Uh, I'm and more, so I'm because of that, I, I think I think his voice is valuable. When I was a Democrat and I worked for Roland his first time out, again, from the steam room, we knew each other. And uh, this Democrat <laughs> came up to me at a, say, at a church in uh, Waterbury. Yeah, you you told Martin. me that last he week. Said, oh, you're a turncoat. I said, listen, and I was ahead of the curve. I was voting for the person before the lever. This was during the days right. of the lever. Yeah. You know, you had a lever, you pulled the lever Too down. partisan now. Not many people will do that. And I did that, too. And I said, you don't even know what you're talking. I'm voting for the, this guy. is a great guy. He's going to do a great job, and you should and you just did. mind your own business. Who I'm working for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, no. So I, you, you think you think it's lo- local an hour, national an hour? You think that's that's a good point? Yeah, it's, it's so informative, you know. Because I can do either, and and I like to do either. I, I yeah. but I think you know local people need to hear, but I think national people need to be you know a little extra information. So I called another close friend of John's at another. Yeah position in uh, Naugatuck, mm-hmm. John might figure out, I won't say any names, and he was so glad I called him, because he knows mm-hmm. I listen to you, you know, and he, he was, and I called him back, and he, we were talking about the Johanna Hayes, mm-hmm. uh, um, a Logan race, you know, but, you know, Johanna Hayes, being a teacher there, she, she does have a real strong base, with, and especially finance. Yeah. She's got a huge war chest. You know? Yes. So she could be a difficult candidate to beat. Well, up. any incumbent is because, you know, 96% right. of incumbents get reelected. You know, that's the number. And plus, and so um, it's her be husband's tough. a detective, Waterbury police officer, and that's huge across the nation, whatever the police are going through. You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a 50 50 shot because they're both Afro American. And Logan, he uh, when he first ran, he beat uh, Crisco, I think, out of Nau- out of Beacon Falls, and he had the Naugatuck Beacon Falls thing sewed up for years. He was a top vote getter, mm-hmm. and this new guy Logan came along, and he he really a lot of people in Naugatuck that I know personally, um, they love them. They like them. Uh, I think Logan's guy, a great candidate. That. I think George. Uh, there's so many things I like about George, and I right. and I just hope he does well, and I hope and, 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 and pray that he wins that seat. Guitar thing for his uh, inauguration, right? Mm-hmm. He, Lamont had Logan open up uh, his inauguration. He does a Jimi Hendrix thing on a guitar, you know. Yeah, that, right? yeah. So he has friends on both <laughs> sides when you do stuff like that, you know. Well, it's it's true, but he's a, he's a likable person. He's very smart. He's knowledgeable. Great stump speech. I mean, just it, it, there's a lot of good things about George Logan. No, I didn't know you had well. them as clear as I. I must have missed that show. Had her on last week, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. But I'm really disappointed in her. I, you haven't been on. I've been saying on all the other programs that for a Republican to go pro cho- pro choice is just ridiculous. Re- I, get I more know. I struggle with that myself, but you you I'm have to take involved. all things into consideration, Charles. Our daughter Can't be a- and her husband passed her, fresh out of college. I don't want to mention any where or what. The uh, Catholic Church opened up a uh, an old convent. Of course, they're you know abandoned, right? You know the situation. Yeah. The Catholic Church. And my daughter and her husband, fresh out of college, Catholic college, opened up a home for unwed mothers who were pregnant. They saved twenty six children from being aborted. Fresh mm-hmm. seniors out of a real good college. Mm-hmm. And I I just I'm so proud of her for that. And yeah. right now, her and her husband practice the family uh, Catholic way. And they have six beautiful children, three of mm. each. And they're both 40 years old now. That's wonderful. But I feel like 
that's such a beautiful and and what people don't realize, Pastor, when we do all these abortions, we're, you're going to eliminate a race. You're eliminating races now. Well, you're eliminating potential. You're eliminating people and, who could have a the, cure for cancer. Most, you're eliminating people who are, are uh, the next Elon Musk. You're eliminating a lot of potential, right, and that's, that's what hurts so bad about it. And also, you're eliminating a lot of special needs kids. Right. Charles, I'm going to let you go because I've got some other calls, but I, I, I thank you for calling. Let's go to Paul in Plymouth. Paul, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for taking the call. There's a lot to digest here. Uh, I stated to the call screener the subpoenas, Sean Hannity, the media star, and uh, Jim Jordan. However, John Rowland's statement about the 5th District, you really got to look at the last race with David X. Sullivan. He started right out of the gate by playing that race card and accusing what are you talking uh, about race card what are you talking about can i continue well, please but i mean that's that, that's a false claim you're going to have to well, justify let me explain that. then okay the race card trying to uh insinuate and this is class that she was a radical communist of the ilk of um the brown representative from york city ocasio cortez we don't need that in our politics. I mean, last year, race, January, Paul, that has to do with that has to do with philosophy, Paul. That has to do with political leaning. I have one minute at the best. But I'm not going to let don't you go on and make a, 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 an arbitrary statement that's wrong about a good person who ran for a campaign, and and you're not being accurate, Paul. So I'm just I'm just not going to let that stand, whether it's you or anybody. That's just wrong. Let's go to Sharik in Hartford. Hi, Pastor Will. Good morning. How are you, Good sir? Good morning. Uh, I've been trying to get to your show. Thanks a lot for taking my call. You know what? The, 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 I, I'm going to go fast, and that's one of the proposals I'm, I'm doing uh, for taking the guests and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the callers at the same time that you limit the caller's time or the guest a little bit, reduce the guest time from 20 minutes to 15 and the callers to, like, limit to uh, two, three minutes, something like that. Okay. Uh, that can that's one of the uh, things. Yeah, you That's know what? I, I, I agree with you. you. I, I, I'm going to go very fast. You know, first thing you said last week that um, you don't have willpower, but uh, faster. Your first name is Will, so you have a lot of willpower. <laughs> and the other, the, the other thing is this: that um, uh, uh, you know, as far as the, um, uh, John, the Governor John Rowland is absolutely right. The, 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 the emergency is going to go on till the election. It's going to mm-hmm. go on to the election. And I do. I, I agree with the principle of the concept of reducing taxes, but the fraction from 6.35 to 5 to 5.99 is not to make a difference. It should no. be 5% sales tax, and the 1% or meals tax should be off, and the uh, the and the and the and the uh, uh, the property tax credit should be restored to 500. That would make a little bit difference. You know, mm-hmm. that's my per- personal view. And the other things I was I want to say, you know, you were discussing about um, the people are moving to states and this state and that state. I don't know which um, South, why people are moving to South Dakota, but I know about West Virginia is because of Joe Manchin probably. Um, and um, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, my view is concerned from now, although it's very early, I think Connecticut is going to remain blue, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, Mr. John Rowland said, unless and until the National Republican Party put a huge amount of money which they haven't done in a long time, you know. Mm. So the money, uh, the Mr. John Rowland is absolutely right. You know, I, I, I uh, he's right. He's right about almost everything. And there's also one thing which people should not know. The you know the uh, the state the the reason the state loses uh, election I mean uh, 
uh, a congressional seat is not just because the state uh, per se has lost a lot of people or moved out, but it's because other states have gained a lot of people. So, you know, then scrambling. Well, some sure. states yeah. are yeah. So it's not that the Connecticut has lost like a, uh, less lost half a million or a million people, but because other states have gained so much that in the scrambling, Connecticut end up losing. So that's what happens too sometimes. You know. well, but there is no question about it, though. Connecticut has the fourth highest move-out rate of yeah, 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 any, yeah, any yeah, state, yeah. right? So well, there yeah, are but, people but leaving last, Connecticut. That's true. Yeah, right, right, right. Like one, one, one more thing. You know, I, yeah. I believe in the mask. I think the mask works. I even sleep with a mask on. I have COVID-free dreams. Or nightly, whatever. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you very Thank you, much Shereek. for taking my call. I appreciate that. I didn't know where you're going. COVID, COVID-free dreams. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Um, you know, you have to ask yourself a question, and and I'm going to get into this tomorrow because I just didn't have time today. Again, I'm trying. I'm still trying to work out the balance here. This is a, believe it or not, it's a harder, it's a harder show. Two hours is harder than three hours. Because you've got to be so concise, and and you and you've got such limited time, and so I want to I want to do what's right with you guys. This is your show, caller driven. Uh, there's there's no there's no rules here. There's no set script. We can we can do pretty much what we want to do, and so I think it's very important that we uh, that we that we do what's best for the callers because I think. Uh, and, and maybe guests help that, right? So, I mean, I'm not saying guests aren't best for callers. I'm just saying it's a balance. It's a balance of, of scheduled guests and, and caller guests. But I want to throw this out now. I'm going to pick it up tomorrow morning. There's a, um, there's a story in CT News Junkie. Uh, and there was a juvenile facility, Connecticut Juvenile Training Center, CTTS, uh, I guess in Middletown over by Connecticut Valley House, was shut down three years ago. Shut down three years ago, and all teens under 18-year-olds are now confined at the Manson, Manson Youth Center and the York Correctional Center. Um, now there's a call to open it back up again. Now, understand this. It was functioning. It was being used. It was shut down three years ago. Certain calls from the legislature want to reopen it, but first, of course, renovate it to the tune of $22 million. And start, again, sending teens back to that facility as opposed to the adult facilities. My question to you is, good or bad? Good idea or bad idea? I've always personally questioned why we would send teenagers, and you know, teens, minors, into, uh, even if they're segregated, into adult centers. Uh, but here we just had this thing closed down three years ago. Now we're going to spend $22 million to renovate it. So another waste of taxpayer dollars. Potentially, I don't know. I don't know what facility, what shape it's in. I don't know how it is. I don't know what it needs. Um, but what do you think of it? Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? We're going to bring this up tomorrow morning first thing. But is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? Reopening the facility we just closed down three years ago and spend $22 million to renovate. All right, going to take a quick break. A couple commercials. We'll come back. Take some calls, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Right here, Will Marotti Show. Week two is the start today. All right, welcome back. 10.54, almost uh, the end here of the, of the Will Marotti Show. So I say, it's a careful balance. I, I really, I, I didn't think it was going to be as... Uh, um, I don't say difficult. I mean, it's not hard, but it's just I, I want to make sure what's best for you guys. 
because we want to make the show number one, and we want you to invite your friends, relatives, your associates, and neighbors to listen to the program so that we can show here in the state of Connecticut, hey, there's a lot of left, still good, common-sense conservatives, libertarians, and uh, so it's, 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 not, it's, not a, it's not a lost cause. State of Connecticut, not a lost cause. There, there could be, uh, there could be uh, more change here. More change. Hey, we still got a couple minutes left. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Let's go to uh, Farmington, and Dave. Hi, Dave. Hey, Pastor Will. How you doing? Good. Yeah. First off, welcome back. Missed Thank you. Thank you. Missed your show big time. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I just tuned down a few minutes ago. I heard uh, somebody come out moving to South Dakota. Um. People are moving out of the state, and it's different demographics. One of the reasons people are moving out of the state is as you hit retirement, everything you're making is being taxed in Connecticut, whereas right. many other states don't. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's one thing that really seriously needs to be looked at to keep people in the state um, is, is some type of tax reform. The, the idea of continuing to spend and continue to raise taxes without anything to cut costs is, is just you're chasing the tail. Um, and with the, the and, and people who are on unemployment, they're taxed. Um, so let's look at some age equity uh, for people to receive ta- uh, get tax breaks on this. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is we got to keep the mask going. We got to beat this COVID because Connecticut is a great state to live in. All right, mm-hmm. hey, welcome back. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. You know, I I think, uh, Dave, today's point, honestly, if you're, particularly when you start thinking about approaching retirement age and the potential of a a decrease in income, right? Um, When you're looking at a move to a state like South Carolina, let's say, North Carolina, uh, Florida, and and you're going to save on property tax and you're going to save on income tax and you're, you're likely going to give yourself a 15 to 20 at least thousand dollar raise by relocating it's hard to make the case to stay here unless you got kids here and, and you don't want to leave your kids or you got parents and you're taking care of them or whatever it, it's a tough it's a tough call to make let's go to mike glastonbury hi mike oh hi there pastor uh i had uh, just a couple of quick ideas on the okay. uh, i Possibly uh, making the show smoother. I don't know. Uh, there's a phrase that's really old from the Latin. It's just a two-word phrase, qui bono, who benefits. Mm. So if you had one day a week uh, or, uh, say, one of the two hours a week, just one out of five days of a, uh, of, of a who benefits hour, mm-hmm. And there was a particular idea that had been picked up and carried through the major part of the week. And then everybody sounded off on that particular hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wondered if that would concentrate the calls or shape the direction of the calls in a certain direction. Right now, you have to go in 360 different directions because uh, the sequence of people calling, uh, they right now, of course, have the right to ask you a question sure. about anything. Sure. Uh, well, I, were... I can tell you what, what seems to work, Mike. It seems to work when it's more localized and when yeah. there's a direct question asked. Well, that, that's could, you, it seems could to you do it calls. by just following the old uh, numerical calendar thing on odd mm-hmm. and even? 
mm-hmm. and do it for regional versus uh, national or international, or could you, uh, you know, just have a framework where everybody could glance at the calendar and, and know that it was oh, an yeah, honor right. even You're day sure. And, sure. and that certain things were uh, going to be concentrated on that day. Mike, I've got to go because we're out of time, but thank you. Keep thinking. Keep thinking and call back with more ideas. That's okay, good stuff. Pastor, I appreciate thank it. You. Thank you very much. Yep. Hey, guys, that's it. We're uh, we're going to be out of here. Uh, Tom Shattuck coming up next. Matt, thanks so much. Have a great, uh, great rest of your morning, great day. Stay safe. Stay warm. Don't skid off the road. God bless you guys. I love you. See you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.